So we're up to, I think, the second, page 14, page 13 or 14, which one? <coughs> page 14, Ches, I think, right? Right. So we finished last week discussing the parallel between the written and oral Torah and the sun and the moon, that the written Torah is compared to the sun, which was, it says that it was given, right? Just as the sun, so to speak, gives its light. And then the written Torah was received, just as the moon receives its light. And that from our perspective, as they're expressed down here in this world, we see the giver, the written Torah, the sun, and the role of giver as higher. And the role of receiver, the moon, the oral Torah, etc., the poor person, right? We brought the example of a wealthy and poor person as being less. But from Hashem's perspective, they're absolutely equal. They're different, but they're equal. And in order to be able to emphasize this, as we're going to see now, we're going to start in the Ches, not only just to emphasize this, but that we should know what the objective truth is. Hashem intentionally created the sun and the moon as equal, and only then, after the claim of the moon, after it came already, as we're going to see, from the perspective of the world, then Hashem reduced the size of the moon. To show us as well that from Hashem's perspective, these are two equal luminaries, equal in greatness and in importance. Their roles are both as important but out of necessity one had to be so to speak seem less great than the other in order that we would know that they're two different roles and that really was the depth of what the moon meant when it came to Hashem and said can two can one king rule can two kings rule with one crown can two great roles seem to be the same and Hashem said no you're right the fact that they're both equally great doesn't send enough of a message to the limited creations down here in the world that these are two different roles. So you should go and reduce yourself, make yourself smaller so that we will know very clearly that these are two different roles, the role of giver and the role of receiver. And I, as I've mentioned this before, it's not brought in the Sikha, but we see this very interesting same kind of parallel with Adam and Chava that Hashem originally created them as one totally equal, they existed in one body. And then after Adam complained, Hashem separated them, and then we know with the whole process of the Chedet Adas, Chava's role was, so to speak, reduced as being smaller. It was part of her curse that she will now be dependent on her husband, right? She was always, in a way, dependent on her husband. She was always the receiver. Chava was always the receiver in the relationship, and Adam was always the giver when it came to physical um, you know, procreation, etc. However, now it was seen that, the, that she is, so to speak, dependent on her husband for everything, and that's seen as a curse. That's seen as a negative, because from the perspective of the world, we have to show that there are two different things by making one seem less than the other, so that our logical minds can contain this idea these are two separate roles. So this so far is the background of what we've discussed. And now what we're going to speak about till the end of this, the Rebbe says it very cryptically actually, but we're going to elaborate on it a little bit, are the appeasements. So, so far we've answered already a few questions. What was the claim of the moon? We've answered the claim of the moon. How can two roles, which are very different, be of equal greatness? No one will know that they're different roles. Was the claim of the moon correct? Yes, right? From... The moon's perspective, not from Hashem's perspective, which is why Hashem initially created the luminaries as equally great, because from his perspective, that is the case. But from the way that the world works, 
um, this is not the case, and therefore the moon was correct. But again, Hashem waited for the moon to come with its claim. So it wasn't Hashem changing things around and reducing one role over the other, because then it would seem that also from Hashem's perspective, there are two different levels. Hashem waited for the moon to come to give her claim and then said, you are right. And she was right. She had a fair point, right? And then she was reduced. So that answers the question, why would Hashem create something in order to immediately change it? Was the, why would Hashem wait for the moon to come and give her claim? Why not just change it himself? And was the claim of the moon correct or incorrect? And now in terms of was the moon being punished or not, clearly the moon is not being punished. The Hashem is responding that you, can, you have a correct claim and therefore one of you needs to become smaller so that we'll see that these roles are different. Hashem just happened to pick the moon and that's why the moon was very upset. The moon's claim in response was, I said something logical before you. This was a fair point and you agreed with it to the point that you said we need to change things. Why should my role as receiver get the bad rap in the world from the perspective of the world? And that is now the continuation of the Gemara, which is Hashem trying to appease the moon. And as we're going to see, Hashem gives three appeasements that he will rule by night, she will rule by night and by day, that the Jewish people will count their calendars according to the moon, and that righteous people will be named after her. And what we learn from these three things is that Hashem is trying to, not necessarily the word appease, but also just show the moon the advantages that the receiver brings to the table. We know the advantages of the sun. Right? It looks greater, more powerful. It's shining, it's giving, it's providing. We can come up with a whole list. But the moon is now saying, my role from the perspective of the world has been reduced and no one's going to appreciate me and my role. And Hashem is now telling her in these appeasements, as we're going to see by breaking them down, the advantage of the role of, of receiver specifically. So let's continue in Ches. Amna, however... The fact that Hashem made the moon, turned her into the lesser light. This is not the purpose and the ultimate goal. Ella rather. That through this reduction, will be able to arrive at her completion. When will the moon be complete? That she will receive, that she will reveal through it the actions of Hashem. That there are really two great lights. And this will practically come about and be fulfilled in the future time. That then there will be the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. So if Hashem had initially made the moon smaller than the sun so that we can appreciate the role of receiver and giver being different, then we would never know the true ultimate purpose and complete state of the moon, which is that it is as great, if not greater, than the sun. That will come about, that state of completion, and the ultimate raising up of the role of receiver that the moon represents will happen when Mashiach comes. So Hashem initially created them equal, to reduce one so that eventually one day it can then arrive back at her complete, whole, perfect state when Mashiach comes. And again, in terms of the deeper context here, 
that the role of receiver will be known and seen from our perspective as equal to the role of giver when Mashiach comes. Oh, wait, so when Mashiach comes and this happens, you're saying like it'll go back to how it was before when they're like equal in greatness? Yes. Yes. And Hashem doesn't want that when Mashiach comes, it's going to be like a new Metzias. Oh, like the moon changed totally. It's become like raised up to this level. No, if we look in the Chumash, that Hashem created the two great lights. They were always equal. But from our perspective in exile, one of the, down, one of the side effects of ex- exile is that our perspectives get mixed up, right? We don't see things for the truth of what they really are. So in exile, we had a little bit of a distorted perspective. But when Mashiach comes, we're going to see the truth. The moon, as we're going to see, says, yeah, but why should I get the bad rap in exile? Sure, like when Mashiach comes, I'll, be, I'll return to my state. Sure, from your perspective, um, we're equal, but why during this whole period of exile does the world need to see me as being less? And that's where this whole kind of discussion now comes in, where Hashem tries to appease the moon. So This is an explanation for the continuation of the back and forth. Shakla Vataria means like the back and forth argument. That are brought in the words of the Gemara. Amra Lafanov. The moon said before Hashem in response to Hashem saying, you are correct, your claim is right, go and reduce yourself. Ribona Shaloylam, master of the universe. Is it not that I said before you something that was correct? I'm it that's me, and therefore I should reduce myself. Hashem said to her, Go rule by night and by day. What is the use of a candle during the day? What is the use of me shining next to the sun during the day? The Jewish people will count their days and years by you etc. And we know the continuation. She said, wait, but we also count by the sun because we need to count seasons and therefore we have leap years. And then Hashem said, we will name, um, we will name righteous people after you. And Hashem saw that she was still not appeased. So what's going on here? What's the deeper meaning behind this back and forth and this, so to speak, appeasement that Hashem is giving them in? After the reduction in the light of the moon. We have to emphasize the true intention and purpose that exists in the light of a receiver. So now that it's been reduced, which means we don't intuitively appreciate this role in our, in our perspective of exile, we have to actively emphasize this purpose, which is what Hashem is now doing. Because the intention is not that it should stay in its reduced state of light. That we should arrive and come through this to raise the moon back up to her state as the great light where the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. This is the real content of the appeasement of Hashem. So let's break them down. The Rebbe kind of explains it now, as you see, it's basically the end very quickly, but let's spend a few minutes here um, talking about each one. So lechi umashol bayom of The first appeasement, that you should go rule by day and by night. The second one, zil yamino bach yisrael yamim that the Jewish people will count their days and years by you. 
And the third one, Zilia Karit that the righteous people will be named after you. We said Yaakov Hakaton, Shmuel Hakaton, and David Hakaton. What were these appeasements all about? Shekadeshi Yudgash, in order that this should be emphasized, but often Giloi in a revealed way. Shekolamatara, that the entire intention, Shalmiotayareachu, of the reduction of the moon is Rak Kadei, only in order. That eventually it should come to be like the light of the sun, and that they should return to be the two great lights. And now, too, the moon has ideas, aspects, what we would call greatness. And that's what we're going to break down here. We're going to do it ourselves by elaborating on these three things. So Hashem is telling the moon, eventually, this is, this is not true from my perspective, only from the perspective of creation, and eventually your light, your status will be, re, will be back where it originally was when Mashiach comes. That this is a side effect of Golis, that the way that we understand the world is with differences and opposites, and therefore, if things look the same, we've lumped them together, we won't appreciate that they have two different roles. So this is how it has to be. But even now in a state where the role of receiver is seen as less than the role of giver, where the moon is seen as less important, less light, less shining, less quality than the sun, we can add where women are in many contexts seen as less, as less than men, the feminine role is less than the masculine role. Now too, we need to emphasize that there are aspects that the role of receiver has that are greater even than the role of giver. Right? Because if they're equal, that means that they both need to have things that kind of are greater than the other so that they can match out, right? So, even now, in our state of Galas, in our, so to speak, warped, incorrect perspective, we can see even now aspects of greatness that the moon has. And that's what Hashem is trying to emphasize to the sun, to the moon in these appeasements. That yes, the overall perspective that we have of the role of receiver is less, is that it's less. But even now from our perspective down here, as limited people in exile, we can, if we take a real good look, appreciate the role of receiver. And that is what Hashem is teaching them and teaching us. So let's start with the first one. Lechi umashol bayom of You will rule by night and by day. The moon's response is a very... Um, kind of sun response, which is, yeah, but what's the point in shining alongside the sun during the day? What am I accomplishing there? What possibly could be the advantage that the moon has in shining in the night and the day over the sun who only rules during the day, right? We do not see the sun at night ever. We see the moon sometimes very often during the day, right? So what could possibly be the emphasis here? The Rebbe doesn't elaborate, but what is something that from our perspective down here can we appreciate about the moon and about the role of receiver over the role of giver from the fact that Hashem allowed the moon to rule by night and by day? <coughs> what do you guys think? It shines more often. Shines more often. So what would that be emphasizing? What greatness of the role of receiver would that be emphasizing? The truth is this is all kind of from this point how we understand it, because the Rebbe doesn't elaborate. So I have the way I understood it, but I, yeah, I'm saying there's no necessarily right or wrong answer yet. If the goal is for us to see and like bring up the like 
original level of the, where the moon was and see it as receiver and giver as equal, then in a way, if we see if we see the moon so often during the day and the night, we're able to recognize that it has like a greatness to it as well, and then that in turn helps us raise the level of mm-hmm. bringing it back. Yeah, I love that. That we're able to see it and therefore appreciate it because we, we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but in truthfulness, like the sun is the source of the moon, but in the sense, the moon is the source of the sun because it's like repetitive. And because when the sun. Why is, is the moon the source of the sun? Just in I'm the curious. Night, like, like in the night when the sun is kind of resting, kind of the sun is not there, the moon overtakes and mm-hmm. the sun would burn out. like it would disappear if it would shine all the time and it's kind of like you know the the battery uh, have you i've actually have you heard that marshall of that the sun is compared to a battery versus the moon is uh, compared to um like a charger (laughs) it's not actually connected to this context but we know that the jewish people are compared to to the moon and the rest of the nations are compared to the sun and not the physical moon and sun, but their spiritual representations. And I just heard this martial, I thought it was so interesting. Um, if you look technically at, you have a wire, like a charger, a wire with a plug, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you have a battery pack. What has more energy in it? What has more electricity in it? Battery, battery pack, way more, right? <coughs> but when the battery pack runs out, right? Like if you have a battery, it's, that's it, throw it away, right? There's, there's nothing left in it. Okay, we're not talking about rechargeable battery packs, okay? Just batteries for this case. But a wire has much less energy in it, but you can always plug it in and then we'll always get more. And the idea is that, okay, when it comes to physically, this is not the case with the sun and the moon, but their spiritual representation that the nations and individual nations get their time in the sun, we call it, right? Um, they, they have all of the power and all of the majesty and they're considered like a battery pack, but they have like tons and tons and tons of energy, but when it burns out, they're, they're gone, which is what we've seen with nation after nation. These great nations, they rose all the way to the top, but when they disappear, they absolutely disappear. And the Jews have been kind of like on the sidelines, right? Chilling along, um, but we've always been able to replug into our source of life to Hashem and then to get, um, to get more energy anyway. So that was a, that's a totally side point, that, but I just heard that because you said that. Yeah, no, um, so, so very, yeah. So yeah, the sun would be like, it has its energy and it shines and that's it. The moon, it always has like a constant source of light. Very interesting. I'm going to rephrase the question a drop. What would be the advantage of having the moon present during the day when the sun is shining? What could that be emphasizing? What could that teach us? What could, how could that be raising up the role of receiver? Could it be like we always, like in some sense, if we see the moon more often, like, it reminds us that, like, in some sense, we always need the moon and we always need the role of receiver. Whereas, like, because it's not during the day, if we see the moon, it's not just the sun shining, it's also the moon. Mm-hmm. But at night, it's like it's just the moon. Like, when we have role of receiver, I don't know if this is making sense, but when we have role of receiver in the night with the moon, like, we just have the moon. We don't also, like, we don't have the actual sun that we see. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this moon has the sun's light. But, like, during the day, 
it's not just the sun, like we also have the moon. Yeah, what I'm here, what I'm here is that we need to always, we need the role of receiver is something that we always need to have like yes. present and access to. Thank Whereas you. having your time in the sun, so to speak, and the shining is not necessarily like constant. Yes. I like that. Make it sound more. <laughs> I like that. And on Friday night, we were talking at um, the table I was at about how, like, the importance of even, like, strong leaders need to also be um, receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, just like all, your mashbia should have a mashbia. Like, you shouldn't, and your rabbi should have rabbi. Like, I always was taught, you, sh- you shouldn't go to a rabbi who doesn't have a, their own rabbi. Oh, also. that's interesting. Um, so I think just by the moon being around during the day it's like a good reminder of like the sun can be as powerful as it wants but it also needs to be a receiver of something that's obviously God but also um, I think it's cool because every time I see the moon during the day it's like it's just fascinating like like, (laughs) we don't expect it yeah exactly and it's just there right yeah Mm -hmm. it's not doing anything right so that's the thing that's the that's the point that I want to bring out here is that the moon during the day is just there and it's not doing anything, okay? We're not getting moonlight during the day. We don't notice it, right? Which is what the moon responded. Like, you light a candle on a beach, right? Sunny day on a beach and you light a candle. You're not getting any light from that candle. So what's the, what's the function and role of the moon then? And the answer is that the moon is just there and it's just being. And that one of the incredible lessons and advantages that the role of receiver has is its ability to be. The sun always needs to shine in order to be doing what it what it is, right? In order to be, in order to live up to what it is, it has to shine. Otherwise, it's just not there, right? Either the sun is shining or it's gone. The moon could be shining, which it does in the nighttime. It provides us with light during the night. And during the day, it's still there. Because it's teaching us the power of being able to be. And that is something that we learn from this role of receiver. In the act of receiving, there's nothing actively happening, right? I mean, you can stretch out your hand, right? But just practically, right? The rich person has gone to work. He's worked hard. He's earned his money, whatever way he did it. He drew the money out of the bank. He has it in cash now. He reaches into his pocket. He puts it out and he drops it into, you know, he drops it into the cup. What did the poor person do? From, From our perspective, he was just there right? Mm -hmm. In the act of receiving, very often, it can look very passive. However, as we've spoken about before, the act of receiving is an act, right? We call it the act of receiving, even though technically you're not doing anything. Somebody has done all the work and they're doing and they're shining and they're they're the role of the sun and they're the given, they're the mashpia, and you're just there, right? You're receiving. But it's called the act of receiving because we are accomplishing something in that act of receiving, we are accomplishing something. We are accomplishing, we are allowing the rich person to give charity. There is a mitzvah going on in the world. Whatever, and, and, and receiving and giving will look different in every context, but sometimes we know that, um, you know, if you give a gift to somebody, right? Like the way that they receive it can be a bigger gift to you than you giving the gift, right? We've all experienced that. It's an act, and it's a, t- it's a skill to be able to receive. But it looks very passive. And the, uh, the first message that Hashem is giving us here about the greatness that the moon has is that it's able to accomplish by just being. And that in this role of receiving, we're able to accomplish by just being. 
which is absolutely something that we've forgotten because again, the role of giver and of the son has been elevated in Galas because of an incorrect perspective to being the only way to accomplish is by doing and by shining and by being out there on the stage and the limelight, whatever that looks like, and to be active all the time. But there is an absolute, absolute advantage to being able to just be. And we all know that, that if we don't take those times to just be with ourselves and just stop, we can't, we can't continue. We have to have those times. Um, an example of this when it comes to women who we know physically are the receiver, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, receive the chi- like we receive the child and then, and then we grow the child, which is very, on the one hand, active in terms of you're doing the most incredible thing. But on the other hand, technically, okay, what's the woman doing? Does she have to wake up every morning and like cook a concoction and like feed the baby? No, she's just living her life. She might have side effects, but she's living her life and this thing is just happening inside her to the point that we have extreme cases of, um, unfortunately, like women in comas who have given birth, who have, who have, uh, have you heard stories like this? It's happened quite often. You can Google it. There's been quite a few instances of, unfortunately, a woman entering into a coma while she's pregnant. And they keep, you know, keep her alive and the baby grows and grows and grows and they obviously do a C-section and there's a baby. <laughs> she didn't do anything. Her brain isn't even, um, you know, fully, f- fully functioning, but she can grow a baby. It's, it's, it's on the one hand the, most, the biggest accomplishment that any human being could do. And on the other hand, it's one of the most passive. And it's this incredible lesson that we have to learn from the moon, that the moon also shines by day. What is she doing by day? She's shining? No, but she's there. And she's accomplishing something by being there, first of all, because Hashem doesn't do anything by accident, right? And that we have to learn this from a receiver, tap into that feminine side of ourselves, obviously, but it's, it's applicable for everybody. We both have feminine and masculine sides. We have times where we have to shine, we have to do, we have to accomplish, we have to go out there, and that's very important. But we, what's equally important, but not seen as equally important, is taking that time to be, without being actively doing anything, taking that time to be, to be with ourselves, to be with another person, to just be there, and that presence can sometimes be even more, accomplish even more than doing, right? Um, and I always think of, like, when I would watch, you know, like, in the movies, these kids' movies, like, there's always, not always, but very often there'll be a scene of, like, the, the kid has some sort of a show, right? And then it's like, will the parent make it to the show, right? Yeah. I feel like I've seen, like, a lot of those as a kid. And then you're waiting, and at the end they come, and it's, and it's like, what is the parent doing? They, cut, they showed up, right? And if you think about it, like, just the role of parent very often, it's a very active role. You have to raise children. But on the other hand, like, what's the biggest complaint that many kids have about the parent? They weren't there. They just weren't there, right? And it's like, what do you mean they weren't there? Like, oh, I was providing for you. I gave you clothes. I gave you... Yeah, but you weren't there. And it's like that role of being, right? It's so important. We all know how important it is when we can sit with somebody else and they're just there with us and they're not giving us advice, right? Sometimes that's like just the worst thing. Don't give me advice right now. Just be with me, right? And it's a skill that actually needs to be learned because it's, even though, again, it's very seemingly passive because we don't know how to be, because the role of giver and the son has been raised up on a pedestal in our society and in, in exile as a result of exile. And so the first lesson is, go rule by night and by day. 
teach. Yeah, yeah. And it's, 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 it, it connects very much. It's, at the end of the day, um, it's, the role of receiver is very feminine. Again, even though we have both, and we need both, right? We need to be able to also be putting things out there in the world. But, but when we're almost forced into roles where we have to be, it can become very, very difficult because the world doesn't appreciate it. Because, again, this is the, this is the complaint of the moon, as we said. Like, this sounds amazing, what I just said, right? Now, Hashem is saying this to the moon, and what does the moon reply? Yeah, but, like, what's the point in shining next to the sun during the day? Basically, yeah, but nobody's going to appreciate that. Right, because nobody knows from, from outside, nobody knows what kind of work is going on, like, behind the scenes, and nobody knows how much work, like, this whole thing about, like, child labor and house labor and everything, like, like <coughs> the people who don't consider it to be labor, like, they just don't understand how much work... Yeah, you don't have, like, a intractable kind of... Right. When you go out into the world and you're working, whatever you're doing, and it's out there, it's like, you, you can you can document it and say, this right. is what I did. Oh, this is the income. This is what right I did. But like, when you're being, say, yeah, I was just being today. Like, what did you do? <laughs> like, nobody's going to clap for you when you're doing it. And, and again, it, it's very relevant when it comes to, like, the role of, um, like, the role of a mother, let's say. Um, but it's also very relevant just in our own lives that the things that we also um, re- reward ourselves with and we clap for ourselves are usually the outward accomplishments that we've done. But being able to sit with ourselves and to contemplate and to not do and to take a step back and to ruminate and to be with someone else fully and to listen, these are things that you don't check off of your to-do list at the end of the day. Like, I really listen to my friend, check. No, like, that's, we don't have that on our to-do list. I do, I do three things that I'm grateful for every day. That's great. So. That's good, that's very important. <laughs> but it's usually not the kind of things that we even give ourselves a tap on the back for, right? But it's, again, it's equally as important as all the things that we did and that we can check off of our list and all the talking, right? All the talking that we did is very important. And it has some sort of outward effect that you can see more than the listening but the listening the receiving just knowing how to receive there's a there's a book i've i've read one i think it okay now maybe two but like i was not into reading marriage books like i had friends who were always like reading i read one by it's actually a little bit controversial but anyway laura doyle she has a book called the empowered wife anyway i really like she has one chapter there about like the about receiving about the art of receiving and how it's something you have to actually learn and become good at and that you're going to just make everyone around you so much happier if you do. Like you're accomplishing something by being a good receiver. And it's so interesting that I've, I've, since reading that, I really like anytime people will offer me kind of help and stuff. I used to be, no, I'm good. Like I'm fine. I don't, like I'm fine. Even sometimes I actually needed the help, but I was just like, didn't have the patience. Sometimes I didn't actually help. Now I just like, I let people help me, whatever. It's the stroller, it's holding the door, whatever it is. Mm. And I'm just, and I just give like a big smile and thank you so much. And then you see that person walk away and they're like so happy. And you're like, just being able to receive is accomplishing Mm. as much as being able to give. But we have to we have to remind ourselves of this because it's not the intuitive, automatic um, role that we think of when we think of productivity, when we think of accomplishment, when we think of importance. And so the Rebbe says clearly, I love it, that Hashem wanted to show the moon that even now there are elements of receiving and of the moon that have this greatness. 
that we have to, but we have to actually think about it. We have to emphasize it in a revealed way because it's not out there. It's not as known and appreciated. So that's the first one. Then we have that the Jewish people will count their calendar by you. And the mitzvah of counting the calendar, of sanctifying the new moon, which will establish the month, which is how the whole calendar system worked for, for many, many years until an actual calendar was put into place, um, is very unique in terms of it's the only kind of mitzvah that's dependent on us to establish. Have you heard this, Gemara, that Hashem sits and waits in heaven and says, he asks the angels, what day is Rosh Chodesh this week? Have you heard that? What day is Rosh Chodesh this week? And the angels say, oh, it's this and this day. It's the only time, it's the only, it's the only kind of mitzvah that Hashem does, it's not top down. Hashem doesn't say, this is when Rosh Chodesh Adar is, this is when Rosh Chodesh Nisan is, on this and this day. On the... No, it's every single month, it's an organic experience where we have to wait for the witnesses to see the moon to come in to testify for the Sanhedrin to then say okay you know this sounds like it fits and then the Sanhedrin will establish the day of Rosh Chodesh it happened again every single month which is why we have this case of in Israel we'll have one day and outside we'll have two days because it took time from when the Sanhedrin would establish it each month to then let all the further you know people know when it was and we don't have another mitzvah like that that's just like I mean, maybe we do, but not one that I can think of that's absolutely established by us. It's interesting because I was just thinking about this this morning that Shabbos, Shabbos is like, doesn't matter, Shabbos is the seventh day and we've kept Shabbos, but there is a law that if you get lost, God forbid, a person's by themselves and then they, they get confused, they can establish like their own Shabbos. But that's like in an extreme case. And I was thinking about this morning because my daughter woke up and was she, she insisted that it was Shabbos today. She was convinced. She was convinced. And then I was like, no, look, it's not Shabbos. Like I'm making a smoothie. And she's like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> and she was like, no, it's Shabbos. She, she didn't want to wear her, her, weekday, her weekday clothes. She wanted to wear Shabbos. She's like, we're going to show. And I was thinking like halakhically, technically, if, if someone gets confused, like they're allowed to keep Shabbos on that day. I was like, Technically, like, this girl could keep Shabbos today and, like, it would be Shabbos. But anyway, I kind of knocked that. I think the main thing going on is she didn't want to go to school. That was, like, the hidden. But I was thinking about this halacha this morning, that if someone gets mixed up with the days and they're convinced that today is Shabbos, like, it's Shabbos for them. So there's that element as well. But usually Shabbos um, is established as Shabbos, not, not, by, not by you. And, and the message here about this unique kind of the calendar, and we know that the calendar goes according <coughs> to the moon. It's again this message that we've said a few times, but here that it's being emphasized in a revealed way in this world as we experience it in connection with the moon, that the reduction of the moon is only from our perspective. Because this mitzvah is a mitzvah that's established by the people, not by Hashem. Hashem waits and is told when it's Rosh Chaydash when it's the birth of the new moon. And this second appeasement is there as an emphasis to the moon and to the world that this reduction in your role, uh, seeing the role of receiver as less important, seeing the role of the moon as less than the sun, is only from the perspective of people. It's not from the ultimate truth perspective, from Hashem's perspective. And that is, that is the second thing that Hashem is emphasizing here in an appeasement. We know that the moon was still unhappy and said, yeah, but we also count by the sun, saying, yeah, but still, still people don't appreciate me for my role, and it's not fair. 
It's not fair. I'm, I'm as, my role is as equal as the role of the sun. My light is as important and as precious as the light of the sun. So the moon was still not appeased, and then Hashem gave the third appeasement, which was zil liyakaroi tzadikei b'shmech, that we will call the great tzadikim in your name, right? That Yaakov was called Yaakov HaKatan, David HaKatan, Shmuel HaKatan, that this role of tzadik is going to be in your name. And it's similar to what Arya was saying, that somebody great has to be a receiver. And we spoke about this, actually, when it came to Maisha. That like Moshe's greatness came from his, from his, actually from his receiving, not necessarily from his giving. He gave us the Tyra, but he also, he received the Tyra and he was able to receive the Tyra because he made himself small. He didn't have an ego that took up so much space that he wasn't able to, to receive. And the third message, the third advantage that Hashem is emphasizing here when it comes to the moon is her ability to make herself small and therefore to receive things that are much greater than herself, which is really what tzaddikim are doing. Tzaddikim have the same physical body as every other person. They don't have any like superpowers when it comes to um, when it comes to how they exist in this world. So, what is their superpower? It's actually their ability to put their ego aside. The more we do that, the more space we have within us for God, and then we just become representations of God in this world. And that's and that's what we learn from Yaakov being called Yaakov Hakatan. He said, Katonti Chasadin, that I've been made small from all the greatnesses of Hashem, David Hakatan. And what's coming up is actually, I learned this very interesting like series, which speaks about um, the role of woman in bringing Mashiach's soul into the world. Maybe we'll learn it tomorrow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's do it. As like, okay, so, so we're going to take this point and we're going to open it up tomorrow. We're going to talk about. Um, it's all this. It's all the most like <clears throat> sketchy stories from the Tyra, like the most, like Light and his daughters and <coughs> Light and his daughters, Yehuda and Tamar, um, Yaakov and Leah. I guess we can bring in as well all the ones that's like, what's going on? Here? What's going on here? Um, Rus and Bayaz, and explaining the role of the woman there um, in bringing Mashiach Solo to the world, because this is all David's lineage, so we're gonna, okay, we'll do that tomorrow, um, but, so, so we'll take this third idea, we'll elaborate on it, but the, the third emphasis is that the moon, the sun is always shining, it's as big, but the moon, we know it, like, wanes, right, it, it, it gets bigger and smaller, and when it gets smaller, it gets to the point, Kabbalah says, I don't know if this is technically true, that before there's the rebirth of the new moon, there's a moment where the moon is completely black, not receiving any light whatsoever. It's possible that this is the case physically as well. And that then it like, it's like a completely blank slate and then it receives a new light and every single month is a new light and then every single year is a new year. And that's only possible because of the ability of the moon to make herself small, to put herself aside. Because when you put yourself aside, you make room for something much greater than yourself and you can become a channel and a conduit for something that's way above you. When you're always shining, you're limited. And we spoke about this with Maisha. You're limited to your own talents, your own knowledge. When you're speaking, you can only speak what you know. But when you're silent, you can take in much more than what you know. And that's the third, and the third like, message that Hashem is giving to the moon, which is that the great people, the tzaddikim, are called in your name because they receive their greatness by emulating the moon specifically and her ability to make herself small to receive a light that is greater than her own. So we'll talk, um, we'll talk tomorrow a little bit. We'll elaborate on this idea when it comes to the role of woman um, in bringing Mashiach's soul into the world. So let's finish quickly over here.
second last line on the left. And all of this data. She was still not consoled. After all of the after all of this, after all these three messages and appeasements, the moon was still unhappy. Yes, you're right, I'm great, I have all these advantages, but why is it that for the rest of time until Mashiach comes, my role is underappreciated? Amar HaKadosh Baruch and Hashem responded, Hashem said, Heviu kapara elai. Bring an atonement for me, for the fact that I reduced the size of the moon. The Hainu, and this means, Lahadgish to emphasize, she calls man that as long as the moon is put into the category of the lesser light and the role of receiver as seen as less than the role of giver, she that the moon is in a reduced state, we need. Hashem needs to have an atonement on the fact that he produced her. Ad until we will fulfill the true intention of the moon, in a revealed way in the future times. And the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. When the two great lights will be revealed openly in a revealed seen way. And so the lesson here is that as is that very very interesting as much as we can we have to emphasize actively and seek out advantages that the role of receiver has as over the role of giver that let's say the feminine has over the masculine the moon has over the sun etc the oral Torah has over the written Torah at the end of the day the fact that the world does not appreciate these roles and being equal even though they are necessitates an atonement from Hashem every Rosh Chodesh there's a there's a goat that's brought la Hashem for Hashem for the fact that he reduced the moon because it's not fair. There is no reason why the moon had to be the one to be reduced over the sun. There was no like, oh, you, it was one had to be reduced so that this, these two separate roles could be appreciated. And it's not actually fair that it was the moon. And therefore, we have to appreciate that as well. That there is a bit of an, un, uh, it's unjust. There's an injustice going on in the world. That's why we need to bring Mashiach to correct that. So as much as we can try to justify with all different, like all different advantages that the moon has over the sun and the role of receiver has over giver, at the end of the day, the fact that that role is not appreciated openly and has not been for thousands of years necessitates a kapara from Hashem every single month. And so... So to walk away with the fact that, because what I've noticed very often is that when people like do women's classes and like share how amazing and important the woman is, right? I don't know if you've been to some of those, right? Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, the fact that we need classes to emphasize the role of women, like how many men class, this is how important men are. Like how many of those have you been to? The fact that that's the case, that we have to constantly remind ourselves of how important our role is, how important the role of receiver is, is in itself an injustice and is not something that we should be just happy with and sit back and relax. We need to bring Mashiach so that that injustice can be atoned for fully and that her role and the role of the moon can be elevated back. So that's that's the secha. Um I hope you can all take take our own lessons away from it. And yeah, so tomorrow we'll do a quick little it's just a fun again, not chasidas at all, zero chasidas going on. Like maybe at the end I could bring some in. Um, and then we'll move into to a new mimer. Okay. Have a great start to your week. If you have a wonderful week.